on this episode of Catholics in the Capital. Vince Cap Mona, chairman of the board of the Mona Electric Group, and Father Hurley with Reflections with Saints, and Dan Dan, the radio man for DC events. All this and more. Catholics in the Capital starts right now. Hello, I am your Catholic radio host, Christina Cox, and welcome to our new show, Catholics in the Capital. Just a little bit about me. My name is Christina, and this radio show is hosted by the Guadalupe Radio Network and showcased on WMET 1160 AM. I'm also the author of the book called Catholics in Washington, D.C., and the president of the National Museum of Catholic Art and Library. If you're just tuning in to WMET 1160 AM, you're probably wondering, what is this show all about? Well, let me tell you, it's an inspiring and uplifting Catholic radio program and hosted right here in our nation's capital. This is where we meet and listen to motivating Catholic leaders, politicians, ambassadors, clergy members, military offices, health officials, and people from all walks of life. We hear their personal stories of faith in Jesus Christ and how they personally overcame adversity and strengthened their beliefs in God. This is a unique hour and is filled with the Holy Spirit and packed with powerful stories of courage. Our special guests have walked through the storms of life with God, and they've enlightened us with hope, faith, and their work in Catholic charity. At the bottom of the hour, we'll share prayers and reflections with Father Jack Hurley from the Cathedral of St. Matthews. And Father Jack will talk us more about Our Lady of Guadalupe and much, much more. Then there's Dan Dan, the radio man, and he will join me and share events on concerts and things to do while visiting our nation's capital. Last show, I mentioned that Ambassador Ray Flynn and Dr. Robin Smith would be joining us today. But we have changed some things around, and they will be joining us next week on December 22nd at the 1 o'clock hour. So I want you to tune in, and today's special guest will be Vincent Cap Mona, who is the chairman of the board of Mona Electric Group. And he is one of the most generous Catholic leaders for the Roman Catholic Church. Our show today will touch on the life of a man who walked through major successes and major storms in life. And with all the ups and downs, good times and bad, he became closer to God every step of the way. Wait until you hear this interview. Vince Cap Mona likes to be called by his nickname, Cap. Cap was raised right here in Washington, D.C. He was blessed by a large Catholic family and attended several Catholic schools. He was extremely hard worker and started his own electrical contracting business, which he built to be one of the most successful companies called Mona Electric Group. Some of the buildings he worked on here was the Kennedy Center, the News Museum, and he's going to share with us all about how his company grew. During this time, he took care of his family, his employees, seven days a week, 12 hours a day. But guess what? He kept giving back to the Catholic community and the many Catholic schools and churches, including the Archdiocese of Washington. Vince Capmona is a humble Catholic leader, and he leads like Jesus. Cap knows that Jesus said to his disciples, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I am in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, 5. With all this happening, 
Cap had the most difficult experience with his son battling melanoma and cancer, later losing his wife of 42 years to cancer as well. Vince Capmona talks to us and he walks through the storms and he does the battle on his knees with God. The most amazing thing is these tough experiences brought him closer to God and kept his family closer together. Cap teaches us to share our love and pain with each other as we are all children of God. And most of all, Cap knows when times are tough, go forward. You will hear about Cap's charities, including the Susan and Andrew Mona Foundation. Cap knows the art of giving and the art of charity. And believe me, this is an art to be able to do this. So Cap knows Jesus said, and you shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul. And with all this in mind and all your strength. And the second part is love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Cap leads like Jesus. So you're going to be very inspired to hear his personal story. I also wanted to mention that it was a very special week, especially for myself, being that it was the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe on December 12th. I had the privilege of actually going to the shrine in Mexico City, not this summer, the summer before, where I got to make a pilgrimage there. It was a unique experience for me to be able to see the original apron that Juan Diego had on that had the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So I celebrated this week. I went to Mass at the Cathedral of St. Matthews because it had a very special meaning to me. And it was just a beautiful Mass as, as there were so many people from all over Washington and also visitors that attended. Again, welcome to Catholics in the Capitol on WMET. 1160 a.m. Stand by. I'll be right back with our special guest. Instead of fighting the crowds, isn't it so much easier to hop online and do your shopping in the comfort of your own home? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you shop online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to AmazonSmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give a little extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network. Not sure what gift to get for your loved one or what book to read next? Go to Pascal Lamb. Pascal Lamb is a full-service Catholic bookstore and gift shop. Located in Fairfax, Virginia, Pascal Lamb has a large variety of top-quality merchandise and a knowledgeable staff. We're open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. For more information, call 703-273-5956 or shop online at pascallamb.com. On Sunday, December 17th, from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., come to the third annual Advent Concert and Carols at the St. John Paul II National Shrine. The concert will feature beautiful hymns and reflections from St. John Paul II on the Nativity Story. Hot chocolate will be served during intermission. It will conclude with singing famous carols around a Christmas tree. For more information, go to jp2shrine.org. That is jp2shrine.org. This time of year is a time to celebrate the abundance of God's blessing in our lives and also to remember those among us who struggle with poverty. Catholic Charities of the Diocese of Arlington are looking for people to put together care bags for those in need. 
Catholic Charities will distribute the care bags using their mobile response center vehicle. To learn more about the Care Bags Project, how to put the bags together, and where to drop the bags off, contact Sally O'Dwyer at S-O-D-W-Y-E-R at ccda.net. For all you listeners out there who want to help WMET 1160 AM with the capital campaign to purchase a station, we are looking for volunteers to give short presentations on our behalf. If you're interested and want to learn more, please call us at 877-636-1160 or email us at WMET at GRNonline.com. That is 877-636-1160 or at WMET at GRNonline.com. If you are looking to make the most of Advent this season, then join the St. John Paul II National Shrine for talks titled O Come Emmanuel on Sundays. Every Sunday from December 3rd through December 24th at 6 p.m., there will be a featured talk followed by time for contemplative prayer and vespers. All are invited to stay for Mass at 7 p.m. For more information, go to jp2shrine.org. That is jp2shrine.org. I'd like to welcome you back to Catholics in the Capital. I am your radio host, Christina Cox, and you are listening to 1160 AM In the studio today, we have a very special guest joining us. It is my pleasure to introduce Vincent Cap Mona, who is the chairman of the board of Mona Electric Group. In 1966, Cap founded Mona, and it grew to become one of the most successful electrical contractors in the U.S., and he has helped to shape the building landscape of the Washington metro area. With a fleet of 200 vehicles, Mona completes an estimated 17,000 jobs a year. Cap grew up in our nation's capital and attended Catholic school, such as Holy Comforter and St. John's High School. And with the knowledge of his Catholic education and the upbringing of a large Catholic family, he used many of his family ideals and values to succeed. In the beginning, he had many odd jobs before completing his apprenticeship, then started his dream of building his own company. He was not afraid to take risks and started to put things into action. After building a successful business and family life, he gave back to many charities and business causes. In 1989, he founded Christmas in April in Prince George's County and was responsible for the state of Maryland adopting this charitable organization. Cap Mona was given generously to Catholic Charities and the Archdiocese of Washington, Children's Hospital, Sisters of Mercy, and more than a dozen Catholic schools and organizations. Cap and his family and his business team have reached out to help people in need. Cap also has sat on various boards of banks, hospitals, states, and communities, and he is most proud of being recognized by the Washington Business Journal and being ranked as one of the top electrical contractors and honored with numerous top philanthropic awards. It is my pleasure and honor to have Vincent Cap Mona with us today. Welcome to the show, Mr. Mona. May I call you Cap? Oh, please do. Thank you, Christina. And I'm really pleased to be back here and some of the streets I just walked through. Uh, I rode my bicycle here 50 years ago, so. <laughs> well, well, that's amazing. You know, I had the pleasure of reading your book this weekend, and I couldn't put it down. I followed your life story, and I was fascinated. 
I am sure many of our listeners would like to hear about your Catholic leadership and your life today. So I'd like to begin to ask you, as a son of D.C., you grew up not so far from Capitol Hill. And what was it like growing up of what we call the Hill here in Washington? Well, to be honest with you, uh, when I was uh, born in 1943, uh, the Hill was actually two blocks around. (laughs) Now today, for various reasons, it's much, much broader. But nonetheless, I was six blocks from the Capitol. I would walk. I would ride my bicycle. Uh, A lot has changed. That that was almost like a sleepy southern town back then. At least my parents and grandparents instilled that kind of feeling on me, and I felt it. And, of course, I see year after year, month after month, the explosion of people and things and buildings. And, of course, I love to see the buildings being built. Yes, it's (laughs) in your blood. (laughs) But, um, uh, yes, uh, it was a, a wonderful, quiet uh, little community. And I'm telling you, I say a little community. Uh, on our street, there was over 30 relatives of my grandmother. Uh, they were the Hoffmans on uh, 616 North Carolina Avenue, a little Victorian home. I shouldn't say little. It was three stories plus a basement. It had a front yard, side yard, backyards amongst uh, just a bunch of uh, row houses. Sounds beautiful. Uh, and it was very different. And uh, with 30-some family members on that block... Uh, you couldn't go wrong because what they instilled in you and the leadership and the uh, uh, teach by example, it's the same thing the Sisters of uh, St. Joseph uh, taught us at Holy Comforter. It's the same things that the parish priest reminded us uh, at the Holy Comforter Church and St. Peter's Church. Yes. We were closer to St. Peter's on the hill, right. but we couldn't get into the school. So my dad just enrolled us at Holy Comforter, which was like 12 blocks away. I see. Which on today's standards, uh, you know, I don't know that many kids walk 12 blocks to and from school. No, they don't do that today. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Cap, you, since you came from a large uh, Catholic family, you credit a lot to your parents Tell us about them, and especially I want to hear about your dad, Joseph. Oh, uh, unbelievable. Uh, If ever I'm uh, asked to have a a talk, uh, a lot of uh, Catholic business networks and uh, Catholic business association meetings and where we donate a lot of scholarships to, I'm asked to talk. And the first thing I say is I am such a lucky person to be born in the United States of America and the nation's capital. And uh, for, uh, from parents who are loving, caring, considerate, kind. I mean, you can name every adjective in the book, and that was my parents and grandparents and uh, relatives and, and, and siblings. I mean, it, uh, if we went wrong, uh, it didn't take long for a relative to sort of point the finger at you and just basically say, I'm going to tell your dad. Uh-oh. And that was worse than saying, <laughs> I'm going to lock you up, okay? <laughs> But it no the the uh, the show by example. If there's any one thing that I can lean on, it's show by example, and they were an example of everything: kindness, charity, giving, um, discipline, you name it. And, and your father and, and had a lot of through, rules. Uh, a certain amount of rules, and my mother had an awful lot of love to, to take up where my dad was the tough guy. But hey, that, I think that's what parents should be, and and uh, for a successful uh, family, there's going to be two sides of that coin. So you attended St. John's High School, and it's one of the first high schools established uh, here since 1851. How did St. John's and having a Catholic education shape you? 
Oh boy, that that's a good one. <clears throat> and I'm telling you, uh, with after you know the nuns cracking my knuckles a few times, and I deserved <laughs> it, okay. And my dad whacking me a little bit, and hey, nothing wrong with that. Of course, today you can't do that. Maybe that's one of the problems we have in this society, <laughs> you know. But nonetheless, uh, St. John's Christian Brothers military sports uh, it shaped my life uh, immensely uh, couldn't do without it uh, as a 14 year old entering St. John's as a freshman we had our own campus up on military road this was before the new school was built the sophomores juniors and seniors were downtown at 1225 Vermont Avenue so we were by ourselves, freshmen by ourselves, you know hundred and some young uh, men and all of us in military and uh, the discipline and the structure, the rules, uh, it was just unbelievable. And uh, I was very fortunate enough to be picked as a platoon leader. And wow. I had 24 young men under me. There was only five platoon leaders. And I was one of them. And at 14 years old, I had to inspect my fellow students, the brass, make sure the shoes were shined, the brass was polished, uh, their uniform was neat and tucked in. And uh, so I had a lot of responsibility. And uh, that carried me on uh, forever with discipline, structure, uh, tenacity, hang in there. The sports programs were just amazing. So I I owe a lot to St. John's. And I I hope I follow up. Uh, I continue with them. A year after year and yes. supporting them. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I loved in the book when you talked about you had a job in the post office, and we all know where that is, right near our um, station at Union Station here. What right was next that like? Door. Oh, that was fantastic. Okay, so I got married very early. It was my first job after high school. My dad wanted all his uh, sons and, and daughters to go to college, and I said, Dad, I want to get married. I want to start my own business, and he thought I was crazy, and thank the Lord he lived long enough to realize that my dream coming true was the way that I I should go. Not everybody should go my direction. But uh, I licked stamps on the first day covers right across the street from your office here at the main post office. I remember some uh, ladies saying, hey, Sonny, slow down. You're going to work us out of a job. <laughs> and I said, ma'am, I'm sorry. I only have one speed. But nonetheless, <laughs> they, they uh, then let me uh, work after the uh, stamps were completed. They let me work as a uh, post, uh, post office official uh, delivering mail in the suburbs. Wow, that's an interesting story. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Catholics in the Capitol and our special guest, Vincent Capmona. He's with us on the air. He's the chairman of Mona Electric Group. I'm going to continue and ask you, Cap, what does Cap mean? Oh, boy. Uh, uh, Vincent Patrick Mona, middle name Patrick. My uh, older brother couldn't spit out Patrick. It came out Capic. And so they (laughs) called me Cappy. And, of course, uh, uh, it's been changed a little bit now to Cap. Shortened it up. And uh, But, oh, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, loving uh, family members, uh, just... um, we all cared about each other. We all shared. Uh, my dad was basically a blue-collar worker. He was a manager of a bunch of movie theaters in town, and uh, he taught us quite a lot. And he let us know that we could do anything. This was the United States of America. You set your dreams. You put the plan out. You work hard. And if the good Lord is willing and, and, and uh, you, you keep the faith, uh, you could do anything. And uh, my dad had seven of his children all in business at one time. So he proved to us and to others that you can do it. If you want to be in business and you want to be a good person, you can do it. And all seven of us were in business at one time. Unbelievable. 
Well, in the last part of this part one with Vince Capmona, I'd like to just ask you, give me a one-minute uh, answer of how your faith impacted your life. Did you have a favorite saint? Did you feel devoted to the Blessed Mother? What was your personal... Oh, yes, uh, St. Christopher, carrying the, the Lord Jesus. Um, uh, faith uh, can move mountains, uh, and uh, luckily uh, I had plenty of faith, a lot of instructions by good, caring Catholic family church uh, teachers etc and um, you know when you get married uh, uh, basically at 18 years old you better have faith and you better have a whole lot of other ingredients to get by life and you have to have patience temperance uh, and uh, you got you can't be selfish and I learned awful lot uh, from the church and from others of the teachers uh, of the church whether it be parents, grandparents, relatives, but especially the nuns and the sisters. And my special priest was uh, Father C- uh, Christopher, which my middle name, my third, my confirmation name is Christopher. Name, right. So Father Christopher, my confirmation name, Christopher, so St. Christopher, okay. he's my special guy. Okay. And the Blessed Mother. I got uh, a medallion right on the Blessed Mother. Uh, Bishop William Curling gave this to me. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, when he married uh, my son, Beautiful. Uh, here it is, right here. And you wear it every day. Right on the microphone. Well, this wear it is every a day. fascinating interview, and you are listening to Vincent Capmona on Catholics in the Capitol, and we'll be right back for part two. WMET, 1160 AM. On the 22nd of each month, come to the St. John Paul II National Shrine for Evenings with Merciful Jesus. All are welcome to join the Sisters of Our Lady of Mercy for adoration with praise and worship, confession, a talk by one of the sisters, and a small group reflection. Recognize that God's mercy is greater than our sins, so that we call upon Him with trust, receive His mercy, and let it flow through us to others. For more information, go to jp2shrine.org. That is jp2shrine.org. CMF Curo is the Catholic health care ministry that is affordable and fits into your family's health care needs. But don't take our word for it. Here's what our members say. We join primarily to gain peace of mind that any medical bills we incurred would be paid for and especially to avoid financially assisting the culture of death. We were thrilled to learn the cost of membership was significantly lower than average health care costs. Learn more at MyCatholicHealthCare.com. CMF Curo, healthcare fully alive. Come visit the beautiful family-owned Rappahannock Cellars Vineyard and Winery nestled in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Sample award-winning wines and fall in love with our refreshing white wines and deep, bold reds. Rappahannock Cellars is open seven days a week for walk-in wine tastings from 11.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Bring a picnic or even reserve our beautiful location for your private party to celebrate friends, family, and the joy of wine. Rappahannock Cellars, revolutionizing Virginia wine. Did you know taking the oral contraceptive pill for cycle irregularities may delay or prevent a diagnosis? Try the alternative in NAPRO Technology Approaches, networking natural family planning and women's health, which can help discover the underlying cause. You can find your local fertility care center at fertilitycare.org forward slash Maryland or visit adw.org forward slash family for in-person or distance learning options. Your cycles and your doctor's care in harmony with your spirituality. 
Rejoice, be glad. If this does not sound like you, then you need to go to rejoicebeglad.com. Author Melanie Rigney provides wonderful and inspiring stories on the lives of Catholic women saints. This website is filled with insights, resources, and articles on saints. For Guadalupe Radio listeners, for a limited time, go to rejoicebeglad.com forward slash GRN for a package at special pricing. That's rejoicebeglad.com forward slash GRN. Not sure what gift to get for your loved one or what book to read next? Go to Pascal Lamb. Pascal Lamb is a full-service Catholic bookstore and gift shop. Located in Fairfax, Virginia, Pascal Lamb has a large variety of top-quality merchandise and a knowledgeable staff. We're open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. For more information, call 703-273-5956 or shop online at pascallamb.com. Hi, I am Christina Cox, your radio host for Catholics in the Capitol. And today we have Father Jack Hurley joining us from the Cathedral of St. Matthews. Father's going to talk with us about another great special feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Welcome back, Father. How are you today? Fine, thank you, Christina. What's the date of Our Lady of Guadalupe? Well, this September 12th, we celebrate the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, also especially up north named Our Lady of the Americas. A Blessed Mother is believed to have appeared four times between December the 9th and December 12th in the year 1531 to a local Indian, Juan Diego, whose feast day is December 9th. This occurred on Tepeyac Hill in the outskirts of Mexico City. Some 10 years before, the Spanish conquerors had defeated the Aztec Empire and begun the spread of Christianity in the area. Amazingly, a painted, life-size figure of Mary as a young American Indian woman was imprinted on the cloak of Juan Diego, or Tilma as it is known, so as to convince a skeptical bishop about the apparition. It took a few days. This event then became a powerful spiritual and cultural force, not only in Mexico, but in the rest of Central America, South America, and what has become our own country as well. This appearance and Our Lady's words gave Indians the assurance that Christianity was not only the faith of their European conquerors, but in a remarkable way meant as a faith for them also. Mary, the mother of God, had a special love and concern for them. Some years ago, in a retreat in Mexico City, I had the wonderful experience of being able to visit the Basilica there and could celebrate Mass. The sense of the faith of Mexicans and others worshiping there was overpowering. This year, the special prayer to Our Lady of Guadalupe, Mother of the Americas, is a very beautiful one, as it reads, extend your protection over all the nations in this continent and renew their fidelity to Christ. 
inspire their political leaders to pursue policies of equity and justice, protect Juan Diego's brothers and sisters from discrimination, care for all children, keep families united, that your protection be manifested through your holy image. And all this we ask through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you, isn't Our Lady of Guadalupe also the patroness of the Americas? Exactly, yes, yes. Her, uh, this is a role that has extended, and, and uh, we have in, in many churches now, uh, churches named in her honor, and also there are the beautiful, as we have at the cathedral, uh, images uh, of, the, uh, of, of Our Lady 100th anniversary this year, 2017, where Pope Francis visited the site in, in oh no, I'm sorry, that's Fatima. I'm thinking um, Portugal for a second. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Well, he, yeah, he, so. he, he actually, I think, did visit it when he visited Mexico. Uh, and um, that, was, that was about two years ago, I guess now. Thank you, Father Jack, for joining us, for telling us these special stories about Mary and Our Lady of Guadalupe. Thank you. Stay tuned. This is Christina Cox, the Catholics in the Capitol. And next coming up is Dan Dan, the radio man. And he will join us to talk about the uh, events happening in Washington, D.C. So don't move that dial. I'll be right back. A message from the website catholicsexuality.com. We all want a happy life with love, joy, and peace. An understanding of God's gift of sexuality is important to achieve our goals. Our website is in complete harmony with church teaching of God's gift, which beautifully leads to the happiness we seek. So come spend some time with us. Watch our videos alone or with loved ones. There are no charges. CatholicSexuality.com Welcome back. I am Christina Cox, and this is Catholics in the Capitol. And it's the fun part of the show that we're going to be talking with Dan Dan, the radio man. It is Christmas time. Welcome, Dan. Welcome back. Oh, thank you for having me, Christina. Well, you know, now is the time that the whole city is decorated in poinsettias and wreaths and Christmas trees, and it's just beautiful from churches to uh, monuments to everything. So let's talk about what is going to be, what are some of the things to see uh, at Christmas time, like the magnificent art exhibit that's at the National Geographic Museum. Do you know about that? Yes, it's titled Tomb of Christ. Um, and this is an exhibit that's currently open. It's going through to August 15th, but I know uh, people think I got plenty of time to get there, but I know around the holidays people have vacation time. So this is the time I think people should jump on this. And this is actually a 3D experience of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Wow. Um, the very site where we believe Jesus Christ was entombed and rose from the dead. Um, and so I know a lot of people, they would love to go to Jerusalem and do a pilgrimage someday, but now they brought Jerusalem to you here in Washington, D.C. So it's an amazing uh, exhibit. I've just heard great things about it uh, from various Catholic sources. So uh, this is a must for many people. It sounds very spiritual. Uh, it, is it a replica? 
of the exhibit, or is it? Um, do they have real artifacts, or what else do you know? It's not actual real artifacts. What they did is they actually uh, went into the church itself uh, using lasers. They were able to recreate a 3D display at uh, the museum itself. So it's a whole experience. So you get to be like you're in the church itself, and you get to see all the facets and, and different uh, unique points of the church. Um, so it's quite experience. It's rare to have something like this, and it's rare for uh, National Geographic to be allowed to go into that church. I know it's been, uh, I think, uh, well over 100 years before anyone can go in and do any restoration work. So this is quite a unique uh, experience for most people. Well, I live very closely to the National Geographic Museum. I believe they're on 17th Street and M Street, very close to the uh, Mayflower Hotel. And how do, you, how do you go about getting tickets? Do you have to get them online, or can they do it at the uh, box office? Yes, they they recommend that you go online and you reserve your tickets ahead of time. You could uh, get them there, but you might it might be sold out for your time slot. So go to natgeomuseum.org. That's nat, N-A-T-G-E-O, museum.org. Uh, tickets regularly are priced at $15 a person, but there's discounts for veterans, seniors, students, and young children. So um, everyone can enjoy this. Well, I can't wait to see that. And I think it's going to be there a couple of months, right? Till maybe yes, August, through August or something. 15th. Yes. Well, that gives plenty of people time to uh, uh, get over there. That's great. Well, how about what should we do? What's fantastic to take children? You have a, a young daughter, so where would you go? Would you take her? to the Christmas on the Potomac exhibit or over at Gaylord. What's going on over there? Well, at the National Harbor, at the Marriott Gaylord Resort, they're having what they do every year is a snow and ice exhibit. Um, I actually had the pleasure going to this last year with my wife and daughter, and we're going again this year. And basically what they do is they bring in 35 artisans from China to do ice sculptures, usually around a theme. And this year's theme is uh, the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, how neat. Yeah, and it, it's an amazing experience. Um, it gets a little chilly, so I forewarn <laughs> people on there. They keep it pretty cold. you got to keep those ice sculptures uh, intact. Um, but what they do provide when you do get there, they do give you... Um, their own uh, heavy winter coats, if you want oh, one provided. Oh, you can rent one? No cost. You don't have to pay oh. for it. Um, for adults all the way down to little infants, they have coats available. But I would say bundle up. Um, very reasonable. They have a lot of activities going on there. They have different ice slides. They have different uh, rides there for the children different activities. It's a great and wonderful experience. They do an amazing job there. But again, there I would recommend you go to the website ahead of time get tickets and get your time slot. I know it's uh, time specific. And so it's $24 per child and $32 for an adult at this. And this is going through, I think it's through January 1st, this exhibit is going on. So, Well, I read they have 2 million pounds of ice and you're right. It's very cold. It's only nine degrees inside the exhibit. I think they have slides, right? They made slides out of ice? Yes, they have four ice slides. Um, yeah, my daughter loved it. She really enjoyed it last year going down there. You get to climb the ice steps and then go down the ice slide. Um, kids just have a, a blast with it. Um, and they do amazing things because it's not just, it's colored ice. So they chisel oh. the ice and they color the sculptures and just make an amazing display. And lots of lighting, I would think. Well, yes. What I would want to see is the ice nativity. Of course, that would interest me. Well, last year they did uh, different nativity sets. That was kind of the theme. It was Christmas in different uh, parts of the world. So they had different countries 
I guess, uh, put together displays and the artists brought it to life with their ice sculpture. So it was very amazing last year, and I'm looking forward to this year with uh, the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Well, you better hurry. It's only going to be there until January 1st. So um, it will be melting after that, I would think. <laughs> yes, uh, melting. They'll need that ice for other so. purposes, maybe for nice cold drinks. Hopefully the weather warms up soon. Great. Well, there's another exhibit right next to us at Union Station. Apparently they got toy trains uh, at Christmas time at Union Station. Do you know about that? Well, uh, yes. Uh, so it is, unlike our first uh, two uh, exhibits, this one is at no cost. It's actually a Norwegian Christmas display of a locomotive travel in a miniature villages with Christmas decor. These are handmade replicas of Norwegian trains set in the mountains and fords of Norway. So you can see this anytime during regular shopping hours at Union Station. So bring the kids, um, come yourselves, do a little shopping see the trains and enjoy yourselves at Union Station. I always love the trains. My brother-in-law, he worked for Amtrak. He was, and uh, we always had trains at home. So I definitely want to see that. Well, thank you, Dan. Thank you for joining us today. And it was um, great. We'll have to check out those events. And when you get back from the ice show, send me some photos. I'd love to see that. So please stay tuned. The next part of our show is coming up is our special guest, Vincent Capmona. And he will share part two of our interview with him. And you are listening to Christina Cox, radio host for Catholics in the Capitol. I'll be right back. Tis weeks before Christmas. The excitement is great. Parcels are flying from the Lone Star State. But what's in those boxes, your question may be? It's Nona Vita soap for under your tree. To New York, Virginia, California, and more, these heavenly scents will soon be at your door. So how can we get them, perhaps, you may say? We're here to tell you the easiest way. Yes, it's so simple, you might find it shocking. With one click of your mouse, we can fill up your stocking. So many to choose from, the selection is great. Order today before it's too late. What's on your list? Nona Vita, we hope. It's super, it's natural, it's just darn good soap. Log on to our website, texasnuns.com, where you'll find perfect gifts for everyone on your list. Here at 1160 AM WMET, one of the things that we love to do is evangelize through the airwaves. If you want to help us evangelize through the airwaves by evangelizing on the roadways with an 1160 AM WMET bumper sticker, it's very easy. All you have to do is give us a call or email us at WMET at GRNonline.com and we'll send you out an 1160 AM WMET bumper sticker. Thank you for listening to the Guadalupe Radio Network and being part of the family. As family, we have a duty to pray for each other, and we would be honored if you would let us pray with you and for you. You don't even have to tell us your name. Just go to our website, grnonline.com, or call our prayer request line and leave us a message at 800-395-4008. That's 800-395-4008. We will be praying for you every day. This is Monsignor Walter Rossi, the rector of the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. 
And you are listening to 1160 AM WMET on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholics in the Capital. Here's your host, Christina Cox. We're back on the air with special guest Vincent Capmona, who is the chairman of the board of Mona Electric Group. He is a Catholic leader and sharing some of his business and family experience with us today. What would you say a business leader and an entrepreneur in being able to create a business that provides well-paying jobs for others and how it only impacts employees, but families of employees? Well, first of all, thank you again, uh, Christina. And um, it's an awesome task and a responsibility uh, as a business leader, and especially a a religious Catholic-based person, uh, that you really want to make sure that it's almost like the golden rule, you know, you treat others as you want to be treated. And um, that's the basic. And, you know, you want to care for your your employees uh, because that employee has a family most likely. And uh, the responsibilities are pretty darn awesome. And when we formed our company in the very beginning, it was basically a family business. I couldn't hire these certified union electricians because they really didn't want to work for a person who just started a company. Didn't have any employees. (laughs) They wanted to make their 40 hours. So I started hiring family members and and apprentices, uh, friends of mine for weekend work and nighttime work. So an employer, you have to care about your people from the heart and from the soul. And it's just not a money-making machine. However, every employee that we have when we first started, we almost made them take a vow. Not really, but we let them know what the culture meant. The employee, we must take care of the customer. Customer is number one. We will not get another job unless we take care of the first customer. If you want a second and third and so on, we have to have good, high-quality, skilled people to be able to perform. And what we say is try your best to under-promise and over-perform. And uh, do it right the first time. That's why we try to train over and above. Education is the basis of everything to improve. Even with all the technologies, it's no good unless you know which button to press and when to press it. But caring about people, number one, and having uh, the the foresight to look into new methods, to new ways, more efficient ways, bring more people to the table, have buy-in from others. There's different ways to be uh, a leader. And I like to have it where it's broad-based. If it has something to do with anybody in this organization of ours, we try to bring everybody to the table and ask their input. The leader who thinks he or she knows it all, to me, uh, their day is doomed or they're not going to progress. Uh, we have some smart, intelligent people, you know, the Bill Gates of this world. and mm-hmm. and uh, But... Um, I'm sure that good leaders have got to depend on Well, it sounds like that you're um, a great listener and also a visionary. And I remember reading in the book about how you started the trucks. Would you tell us the story about your first truck and how you expanded? Uh, Yes. When I was an apprentice, uh, four years of apprenticeship, uh, went to night school. I also had two or three side jobs to keep the family going because I had three children at this point. And... um, the um, third year, I was starting to do work uh, for family and friends for free, 
and I bought myself a little little van, and uh, I had no problem working for free because I was trying to uh, make sure I knew what I was doing. So if I didn't do something right at a family or friend's home, they couldn't complain much because they didn't have to pay me. (laughs) (laughs) But that also proved well because uh, when I came into my fourth year and I was really anxious to start my own business, those family and friends then started referring me to all their family and friends. And so as soon as I got out of my apprenticeship, uh, within the month, I started my own little business on a leap of faith. And, of course, with a good uh, uh, a wife and uh, a lot of support uh, with my dad and people, just encouragement. That's all I needed. There was no financial support anywhere, but it was just encouragement. And knowing that my faith, you know, you can move mountains. You know, that's what Matthew says. So, that's right. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I started with number eight truck. I didn't go to a whole lot of marketing and uh, whatever, but I figured uh, number eight was my lucky number, so the truck number was number eight. And, of course, it worked well because as I talked to some of the future customers, they said, oh, yeah, I saw your fleet of trucks out there. Yes. (laughs) You know, you see number eight, and then after a while we did buy number nine. But (laughs) So, yeah, that was our little uh, situation where we started with number eight, and we were very fortunate to be able to get some work in Washington, D.C., and it went on the, the service department just grew and grew after a xerox salesman saw me on the street and said hey I, I see your electrician i said yes sir he's can you put in one outlet for me and i said oh my gosh one outlet i'm tired it's friday i want to go home go home but <laughs> you know it's one of those things when you look back you know at the right time the right place and somebody told me with the right attitude because they said cap if you had to set off thanks but no thanks i'm tired you know because i said how much money can i make off of one outlet well, I went over there. He's a nice man. And I went over to this office building and I worked on his one outlet. And come to find out, it was a Xerox new machine, 220 volt, which the old machines were 110. And they could only spit out, you know, five or 10 copies a minute. And this new machine was just uh, unbelievable. Proficient, efficient. It could spit out like 60 copies, one every second. And I didn't realize, but every office in Washington, D.C. wanted one of these machines. And after he saw that it only took two hours to put in the outlet, he said, I got a whole bunch more to put in. Oh, my gosh. And then so the next day and the next day and the next day, I kept putting in these one outlets. But, of course, old Cap, he learned from his dad and from others about, you know, marketing and salesmanship. So as soon as I went into a building, I went to the property manager they're either on the penthouse floor or they're in the, even in the basement. So I had a 50% <laughs> chance yes. of finding them real quick. Introduced myself, gave them my card. And lo and behold, many times they would say, oh, by the way, while you're in there doing that outlet, do you mind if you look at this or that or that? So within one year, my little company of three or four part-time helpers, uh, we, we ballooned up to 50, 60 employees. And the next year, another 10 or 20 or 30 or 40. That's within amazing. 15 years, we had 600 employees. Thank the good Lord. So getting jobs like that and IBM, what were some of the first uh, buildings that you did? I mean, there's so many well-known buildings that Mona Electric Group has um, serviced. I mean, like Kennedy Center and um, News Museum. But the early jobs, what were some of the big first buildings that you did? Oh, well, thank you, Christina, for bringing that subject up. Again, a good friend of mine, Volpe Construction, they were from Massachusetts. Uh, he was one of the... Uh, 
He was with the construction? Uh, he owned his construction company, but he was with the government as far as uh, Secretary of the Interior or something well, like that. Was he with the Rayburn? Or uh, well, in that or? era, in that yeah. era. But nonetheless, he was a good Catholic, and uh, somewhere along the line, they liked me. They heard about my little company that was just doing warehouses, and, and so they started getting me involved with uh, Rosecroft Raceway, and then oh the World Weather Building mm-hmm. in Camp Springs in uh, the early 70s. And uh, then one customer led to another customer. Within six years, our electrical construction group did the tallest building in D.C. 1972, the Ramada uh, in Roslyn, 23 stories. Wow. And uh, so, again, the construction group, uh, and I always want to be diversified. And that's another stroke of luck or the good Lord looking down and pushing me in a direction uh, that we had electrical service. We had electrical construction. We started working on generators. We started doing remodel work. We started doing fire alarm, security and even today, we have a sprinkler division. So uh, we have 700 employees in, in about 12 different uh, diversified venues. So what about apprenticeships? How does that work? If somebody wants to become an electrician today, what would they have to do to do that? Local 26, IBEW, uh, they just should give them a call. We have many programs. Uh, Local 26 uh, is, a, is a tremendous union that, uh, that I grew up in. And uh, they have great benefits, superb education. We have the most qualified people that I've seen. We have 10 other companies that we've joined up with around the country. You have to be union company, you have to be family owned, and you have to be one of the largest in your region. It's called the Electrical Roundtable. Wow. And um, okay. so we share information because we don't go into their cities and they don't come into ours. And uh, when we have various meetings around the country with our counterparts, uh, and we can see you know, the type of uh, employees they have and the type of employees we have, and uh, they all look at Mono Electric saying that our people and the way we've uh, handled our company and how we work together, the construction department feeds work to the service department. The service department feeds work to the fire alarm group. The fire alarm group feeds people and work to the, the sprinkler division and the generator division and the security division. It just goes on. It's just so much cooperation. Yes. Well, since we only have a few more minutes, I would like to ask you, you've met so many amazing people in your life, from popes to presidents to business leaders to saints. Who was the one person that really amazed you and why? Oh, by far, it's Pope John Paul II. It's just unbelievable. I was very fortunate. My wife, uh, Sue, uh, she passed away. But before she passed, we did a lot of traveling. And Cardinal Hickey, uh, whom helped me donate my house and property to the Sisters of Mercy, we had a compound in um, southern Maryland of 15 acres and three homes, 30-some thousand square feet. We had a large family and uh, had a guest house and had an in-law house. But when my son Andy passed from melanoma skin cancer, Bishop William Curlin, a good friend of ours, helped us guide through Andy's terminal illness and and final death. And we, um, when I told him we were gonna vacate the house, he told me that, uh, what are you gonna do with the house? I said, I'm gonna sell it. He looked at me again, he said, what are you gonna do with the house? He (laughs) said, don't forget Bishop McNamara's comments, what you give, is yours forever. What you keep is lost forever. So I got the message real quick. (laughs) And you've been giving ever since. (laughs) So uh, Cardinal Hickey, we donated to the Sisters of Mercy, wonderful group of women. 
So uh, they also said, oh, by the way, you're doing a lot of traveling. Would you like to meet the Pope? And I said, oh, my Lord, bring that on. And uh, so we went and met Pope John Paul. This is when he was yes. very, very ill. So it was yes. really iffy if we were going to see him. And lo and behold, uh, they did call at our hotel and said, okay, the Pope is, is fine. He's going to see you Monday morning. So we went. This is the year 2000. We went. The, the gates were open. the whole year. Uh, the Swiss guards met us and took us in. And I've seen the Vatican before, but I'm telling you, not like this. And they take you into these back hallways, and they take you to this personal chapel. And... The instant, there's only 20 of us. The instant it's I walked It's like the in, personal tour. Personal tour. Now we're in this private chapel. The instant that uh, Sue and I were in that chapel, we looked at each other and said, I've got a funny feeling. She said, I do too. There's something going on here. Yes. Uh, my heart is just racing. What, what's going on? And lo and behold, there's this white sort of a hump right in front of the, the altar, only 15 feet from us, and it started moving. It was the Pope. He was all bent over. He was on a kneeler, and he had his white uh, cassock over top of his head. And he said, that's it. The Pope's here. And he said to the Mass, he gave us communion. We were in heaven, I'm telling you. Yes. And How lovely. we thought that was the end. Then they took us into his private little room. We met him. He gave us uh, rosaries, which we oh, hope and beautiful. Blessed pray, by him. Blessed by him. We have a photo in, in my book. You see the photo yes. of him giving Sue and I these Anybody who's sick or ill, I let them hold the rosaries. And it, and it instantly makes them feel better. Yes. Uh, it's just unbelievable. And but, it helps uh, to say them, too. Oh, my gosh. No, <laughs> absolutely, positively. And uh, so that was the number one experience of my life. And then meeting Pope Francis, that was super special in itself uh, at the, uh, the St. Matthew's uh, January, uh, no, September 23rd, 2015. That was just unbelievable. Well, so. we've been listening to Vincent Cap Mona, chairman of the board of Mona Electric Group. What a pleasure it was to have you today and to listen about your Catholic leadership and your faith, about your business and your family, and like to welcome you to join us again sometime. And want to thank you for coming in today on Catholics in the Capitol. Well, thank you very much, Christina. I love being back in my little hometown. Wow, what an interview. I'd like to thank Vincent Cap Mona, chairman of the board of Mona Electric Group, for that inspiring and motivating interview. Let's all try to take an example from Cap Mona's life and lead like Jesus and help others and walk through the storms of life with faith. Please tune in next week when our special guests and one of my old friends will be joining us, former U.S. Ambassador Raymond Flynn of the Holy See and two-time Mayor of Boston, and my New York friend, Dr. Robin Smith, author of The Sales of the New Cure. And Ray Flynn will talk about his former role of the new ambassador to the Holy See and what it's like for the president of the U.S. and the Pope to be in diplomatic and global situations. He will share with us some insight about our new ambassador, Clarissa Gingrich, who is now appointed as the U.S. ambassador to the Holy See. You'll want to hear all about that, so don't forget to tune in. Dr. Robin Smith will talk about her new book and how adult stem cell research is finding new cures for rare diseases and how she met Pope Francis last year, an exclusive partnership with the Vatican, plus her new fourth international Vatican conference is coming up in the spring in Vatican City on April 26th and April 28th, 2018. Father Jack will be back 
and next week to pray with us. Come learn about the lives of the saints with Father Jack. He will share with us how the saints can intercede for us and help us with our prayerful requests to God for our families and friends. Dan, Dan, the radio man, he's the GRN's general manager, and I will talk about the D.C. happenings around town and to see what's happening and where to visit. Plan your visit to Washington by listening to our program. It's great to learn about why to be Catholic on Catholics in the Capitol and take this radio program as really good direction of what to see and where to go and visit our nation's capital. And this show cannot be possible without our fantastic announcer, Mike Washabaugh, who is our board operator, our editor, announcer, producer. Mike works hard to make this show flow. But until then, I'd like to ask you to go to our Catholics in the Capitol Facebook page and give us a like. Tell us about your favorite saint and let us know if we can do a prayer for you and your family on our show. And if you have any questions, please email me at christinacox at grnonline.com. And please get my book on amazon.com. It's called Catholics in Washington, D.C. And you can either order it on Barnes & Noble or um, Amazon.com. It will make a wonderful Christmas gift, or especially if somebody's taking a visit here. In this short prayer, I would like to read this for Our Lady of Guadalupe, the Mother of Americas. Extend your protection over all nations in this continent and renew their fidelity to Christ. Inspire their political leaders to pursue policies of equal injustice. Protect Juan Diego's brothers and sisters from discrimination. Care for all children. Keep families united. That your clemency and your compassion and your protection may be manifested through your holy image. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. It's such a beautiful prayer. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I am Christina Cox for Catholics in the Capitol. And don't forget to tune in next Friday at 1 p.m. We'll be here during the Christmas season. God bless the Roman Catholic Church and God bless America.